0: Hey everybody! It's Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks, and this is Josh Allen 360. Here's Allen.
1: Show you the arm straight. End zone. Back to the end zone. Caught.
0: Touchdown. Allen has completed five in a row,
1: looking for number six. Loads it up deep towards the end zone. Passes. Caught for the touchdown. Allen throwing to the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Who said anything about settling for a field goal?
2: That's six for the Cowboys.
0: All right, Buck. Well, this is one of the more interesting players in this entire draft class. Opinions are all over the place on him. But I thought we did a nice deep dive here on Josh Allen. We got a chance to visit with some very interesting folks including the man himself.
3: For those of you who haven't tuned in to the 360 episode before, this entire podcast is dedicated to quarterback prospect Josh Allen. We're going to break down his game, his potential, and what teams would fit his game the best. We interview some of the coaches who know him best, and we'll also talk to Josh Allen himself, a guy some people think
0: could be the top pick in this year's draft. Yeah, a lot of interesting stuff coming up on Josh Allen in this episode. But before we get to the folks around Josh Allen, uh, let's, let's get our own opinion in here what you think of him. I'll give you the floor here first, Buck. Look, this is an A-plus talent. This is a guy that
3: we talk about, we dream about as a scout in terms of seeing what someone can bring to the table from a physical standpoint. He's big, he's athletic, he has the strongest arm that I've seen in some time, and he is everything that you want to work with as a quarterback coach, meaning he's undeveloped, he's raw, he's unrefined. But if
0: you hit on it, you're talking about a guy who can change the game in terms of how the game is played at that position. Yeah, the number with him people are going to point to is the completion percentage. That's the focus. And Anybody who wants to take shots at Josh Allen and talk about how he's not accurate, that's the one thing. And then the second thing they say, well, when they've stepped up in competition, he hasn't played well in games against teams like Iowa and Oregon and Nebraska over the last couple of years. He hasn't fared very well. Now, the other side of the argument is say, okay, well, look what's around him. Look who he's playing with. And I will point to... The, the best case I can make for Josh Allen, and I've, I've done this with you before, but to me, it's it's the San Jose State game. It is the strongest case you can make. Josh Allen did not play in that game. That's a San Jose State team that their only win outside of the win over Wyoming was against Cal Poly, and they got their doors blown off by everybody they played. Josh Allen doesn't play in that game for Wyoming. They lose to San Jose State. So that tells you the caliber of people he had around him there at Wyoming. So I'm a little bit I'm a little bit more willing to forgive some of the number issues. Now, are there some areas of his game he needs to refine? Absolutely. Uh, to me, when you watch him, um, to me, he gets stuck at times working through a progression, and because his arm is so big, he can get away with it because he can hang on number one or number two in the progression. The window might be small. He can small, he can still jam it in there. Ideally, you want to quickly get to number three and number four and find somebody a little more open, a little easier to throw, make life easier on yourself. The other thing with him They don't give him layups in this offense. Everything is down the field. Everything's vertical. And that, in part, is the reason why he has a lower completion percentage. But he also needs to learn to take some layups, Always say same line over and over again, Buck. Can't go broke taking a profit. Take some of those easy layups. Don't get so greedy down the field. Yeah,
3: I think the big thing that you have because when I see the talent, it is intoxicating. I mean, the way that he is able to throw the ball, the things that he's able to do physically at the position, you just you hard to find guys that are capable of doing it. The thing that troubles me. I've never come away in a game feeling that Josh Allen is the best player on the field. And when we look for him to step up in competition, those three big games against Power 5 schools, Iowa, Nebraska, and Oregon, one touchdown, eight interceptions. Now, that those numbers are skewed by the fact that he had a five-interception performance against Nebraska, but those things are on tape. So, for Josh Allen, I would say right now it is more – potential over production and what you're hoping as a coach or as a team that you're getting a young guy that you can develop in a year or two he can be something special when you teach him and get him corrected. But that's why the ceiling is so high on him because you're saying we can develop them on our field. We can get them in the right program. Put a system around them with some playmakers. This guy be, could be the best player, best quarterback prospect in this draft class.
0: You now I look for comparisons. Look, the easy one is Carson Wentz. They're darn near identical height, weight, speed. You look at them playing in the same system for the same head coach. The only difference I would say, Wentz is a little bit older, having gone through the whole process and been a redshirt senior. So, to me, I think you could be getting Carson Wentz. You just, I don't think you're going to get him in, in 2018. you got to wait till 2019 for him to develop into that player. I think whoever drafts him would be wise. Let him sit. Let him learn. Let him continue to grow as a player. And then it could have a nice payoff. I think of all the quarterbacks in this class, maybe Lamar Jackson would be the other one. I think these guys could benefit the most from not having to play right away with a potential big payoff down the line.
3: I'm going to boldly go where you've gone before with the comparison. And – you didn't want this tag to you. So I'm going to take the heat. You're, gonna, I'm you're going gonna to do it? I'm going to compare him to Cam Newton. And the reason yeah. I'm going to compare him to Cam Newton because from a talent standpoint, the guy has everything that you want to see. Size, athleticism, big arm, can make these throws. But when you were describing his – kind of getting stuck, he gets stuck on progressions, but then he has so much arm talent that he can make up for it. Well, we've seen that from Cam yep. Newton his entire career in the National Football League. Now, he's not the runner that Cam Newton is. He's not going to dominate the game as a dual threat, but he certainly has some some similarities when you look you at You can run games. quarterback power with Josh Absolutely. So, I believe that he's a lesser version of Cam Newton, but Cam Newton on a good day and a bad day gives you a chance to win. Josh Allen has some of those qualities. That's why I believe a team is going to fall in love with him very, very early in the draft.
0: And no question. I think the more teams are around him, the more they enjoy being around Josh Allen too. He's got a good energy about him, a real positive kid. I think he's, he's somebody that everything is in front of him. And you, you draft Josh Allen, it's about the future. It's not about the past. Now, some people think that's the wrong way to go about it, but that's just the facts. You're drafting him for what he can become based on the factors. You know what kind of kid he is, work ethic, toughness, and skill set. That's what you're buying with Josh Allen.
3: Absolutely, I think you're buying him on the come. You're hoping you can surround him and do those things to help him become the best player that you think he can be at the position. I think there are a lot of quarterback coaches that are very, very intrigued and enticed by having the opportunity to work with a kid like Allen.
0: Now, All right, let's listen to some other voices other than our own here. Our, our first interview is with Allen's head coach at Wyoming, Craig Bowl. All right, Buck, excited to be joined by Craig Bowl, head coach at the University of Wyoming, and and coach Josh Allen. This is a this is the the guy that's created the most buzz definitely through the postseason. But the buzz with him, did you feel that? When did it start to build with him? When did all the attention start to go on your young quarterback?
4: Well, it, you know, it first started uh, right after our bowl game last year, and you know there was a report out that Josh would be a first round pick, and that started the uh, avalanche of of interest. And then, of course, it followed all year long. But what you see Josh doing and why there's so much buzz and the upward trajectory is those are elements of his value system. He's got great determination. He was an underdeveloped guy out of high school and junior college, and the sky's the limit for him. And so all the things that you're seeing, he's continuing to improve. Uh, There's no doubt in my mind you're going to see that trajectory in the NFL for him.
3: Coach Josh was lightly recruited out of high school and out of junior college, but you guys saw something in him. What did you see, him, see in him as a recruit that led you to believe that he eventually could be a star player for you?
4: Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of similarities between his track and Carson Wentz track, and um, and and that's a commonly asked question of, of our staff. But you saw a guy who was a multi-sport player, ultra-competitive. A little bit skinning out of high school, uh, great room for growth. Was not a guy who was real polished, but uh, we were able to find that guy who's ultra-competitive, that wants to get better, uh, that does have a big upside. He's not a spit and polished guy. If you came in and watched him in junior college, you might think, well, uh, I don't know about this guy. Well, a lot of people didn't realize he was a three-sport guy, could throw a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. He was going to get bigger and stronger, and that's exactly what he did.
0: Coach, you've done a pretty nice job here of uh, identifying and developing quarterbacks. When we look at the big picture at that position, if you had to narrow it down to just one, two, or three things that that you look for in that position that will ultimately lead to a guy being successful, what would you say those are?
4: Well, the first thing is, uh, you know, I talked about being ultra-competitive and in going out and doing whatever you could to win, and uh, we we identify that, and and that's more art than science. The next thing you're looking at is the guy that has a physical uh, stature to do the things that we want to do. You know, I'm not saying you can't do it at six foot one, but our our you know better quarterbacks that we've had have had good height and good range, and so. You know, that's an important element. Then somebody's got, the you know, great football IQ that is light on his feet, that he's got great spatial awareness, can pick up concepts. We run a pro-style system, uh, changing protections. It's fairly complicated, and so it has to be somebody, you know, that's got a pretty good football IQ and aptitude. You know, Coach, in thinking about that
3: system – Part of the fascination with the evaluation in Josh is we saw Carson Wentz come from a system, as you described it, a pro-style system that put a lot on the quarterback. How did Josh handle those responsibilities of really running an offense from the line of scrimmage?
4: Well, he's really improved from our first year to our second year, <clears throat> and I think you know there's a great upside for him there. He's a smart football player. Uh, many times the things that we ask our quarterback to do – um, it can slow some guys down uh, during the second year. We put more on his plate. I thought uh, the bowl game was a great example of him coming out, going against a good Central Michigan defense, and and certainly his uh, performance in the uh, the senior bowl. All those things. As I've talked to general managers, you know the the big big selling point that they're able to do is they come in and they see what we do. When they get these guys on the board, they they don't have a huge remake, and they they can predict some success and. Sometimes it, it amazed me, I, you know, when Carson was even coming out, we had tons of scouts in that year asking questions about Carson. I kind of scratched my head and they go, no, Coach, you don't understand what you guys do translates so well for us. It gives us a great projection.
0: Coach, I remember meeting with Carson in the run-up to the draft that year and, and, and going to visit with him, and I got a chance to put him on the board, and you are absolutely right. you got these guys on an advanced uh, path compared to just about every other college program that's out there with the responsibility uh, that you give him how about the one if you're going to say one area for Josh that you think he has the most growth still ahead of him in what what area would that be
4: well I think you're seeing some uh, some progression you know the, the, the part that frustrated me during the course of the fall uh, you know sometimes you're so concerned about some of the schematics that you know his footwork got a little bit sloppy uh, certainly uh, there's a lot to be said about his completion percentage and 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 Josh needs to own part of that and some of it was we had lost a lot of players from the NFL. But, you know, during that time I, I just thought he was a little bit off there and that's you now Brent vegan does a marvelous job with our quarterbacks, but I think his curve, he just was not, I, I don't know if he really understood, um, you know, the magnitude of setting his ba- base and being fundamentally sound. So when you're able to go out in the game, you're not having to think about your footwork. It just naturally happens. And sometimes those things got a little bit sloppy, um, and the other things, you know, it's it's a, I, I compare him a lot like to Brett Favre, just me watching Favre, and he, he really looks up to Favre. Sometimes he pushes the envelope a little bit too much, feels like he's got an S on his chest, and I think he's learning how to make better decisions. So at times I thought he forced some things a little bit too much.
3: Coach, it's, it's funny because that dovetails into a question that I have because I feel like – every quarterback has to be able to kind of take the game up a level in big games. How do you feel about Josh's ability to really play in big games? Because we saw that from Carson. How would you compare it to when it came to being a big game player?
4: Well, early in the season, uh, and there's a lot of factors that go into it. You know, we had a chance to, to play um, against a couple uh, power five opponents, and I thought he did okay. It wasn't great. Uh, what, what we did see in our big games, whether it was Colorado State, which is – you know, our, our our rival right down the road here or, you know, a couple other games in a conference play like Boise, he, he really competed and played well. I don't the, you know, the, the question I get is, OK, he's going to go into an NFL market. He's going to be on a big stage. How is he going to handle those things? You know, if you could draw a comparison, I saw Carson as a rookie do Monday night football against uh, the Bears and he was in his element. And I think you're going to see Josh do the same.
0: Coach, what about personality wise with Josh? I mean, I've been around him a little bit, and he seems like one of those guys can kind of light up a room a little bit. Do you have a story uh, that maybe gives us an, an inside look there at what his personality <laughs> is like around the team?
4: Well, he's, a, he's players love him. And he, here's one story. Well, I mean, he, he's going to wake up on game day and have a ball cap drive his uh, pick up in and say, hey, coach, you ready to go? We we were playing the conference championship and we were going against San Diego State. They had an all American corner who's playing the NFL, and we had warned him. We said, "Hey, this corner is going to set on some routes." And uh, so Josh, uh, lo and behold, he's still young. He he's he, like I said, he's got a Superman cape on. He's going to throw a 95 mile an hour fastball. Sure enough, the kid set on the route, picked it off, was running down the sideline. I've seen countless number of quarterbacks come over there and kind of. Chop their feet and kind of grab the guy. Not Josh Allen. He runs over, lights the guy up. Ball goes sideways. We recover it. Josh is on the sidelines. Got blood coming down his mouth, Got a cut on his eye, and he is hot and he's competing. That's what you're going to have in the NFL. Wow. I mean, I love that likes one. That.
3: Everybody likes that. That kind of thing. So, final thing for me on on Josh. In three or four years, what kind of player would you expect Josh Allen to be in the National Football League?
4: Well, I think you're going to have one of the guys that will be the top players in the league. He's going to be a face of the franchise, and he's going to handle all those things well. But what you're going to see, his upside, his physical skills are off the chart. And as he gets more refined coaching and the maturity level comes about, you know all of those correctable things you're going to see corrected. But the one thing that he can do that I don't see hardly anybody else do is run sideways, throw a dart in the back of the end zone on a rope. Now, Um, he can do that. I think he's going to be on the highlight reels of the NFL.
0: Coach, last question from me. I mean, you've been around this game a long time, going back to your time in Nebraska, some national championships there. You've seen some tremendous players at that quarterback position. Just pure arm strength with Josh Allen. Have you ever seen anybody with his arm?
4: No. I mean, that goes back to Vinny Testaverde, to Jeff George, to – Uh, Peyton Manning, uh, to them all. Never seen anybody that's got his kind of arm strength, never. As I said on his pro day, you just don't see his ball. You hear it, and uh, that's a unique, unique uh, player right there. Coach,
0: I I can't thank you enough for taking some time to visit with us today. Uh, Hope you have a a great spring. Get ready to go and have another good year next year. All right, thanks, guys. Bye now. Take care. Well, Buck, it's always great when you get a chance to talk to the head man. What a great perspective there from Coach Bowl. Having been around both Carson Wentz as well as Josh Allen, I mean, that's that kind of information you get there is priceless.
3: Oh, it is priceless because he knows them as well as anybody. And you think about being able to compare two guys who could be top five picks, that is tremendous perspective, tremendous insight, because he recruited him when he was really uh, unheralded, Prospect coming out of a small town outside of Fresno.
0: I did miss out on the opportunity to lobby Coach Bull about some new uniform colors. (laughs) I know it's the school colors, but to me, the Padres, the San Diego Padres, are the are the brown and and yellow. We make it work. I just don't dig it on Wyoming. It's it's a personal thing there. (laughs) It's just my own thing. But I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to insult anybody. Uh, All right, let's get to our next interview here. This is a guy who's been training Josh Allen as well as Sam Darnold. Uh, for the Combine, training them for their pro days, training them really to get ready to be successful rookie quarterbacks, and that's former NFL quarterback Jordan Palmer. All right, Bucky, I'm excited to be joined by Jordan Palmer. Seven years in the NFL as a quarterback, six-round pick coming out of UTEP. I've threatened him that I will release – the report that i wrote about as a scout at some point in time but no no, he's shaking his head no he doesn't want that uh, it, it
2: wasn't it wouldn't be as bad as my report would have been
0: <laughs> jp hey i thank you so much for taking some time you're training two of the top quarterbacks in this draft class in josh allen and sam darnold let's talk about josh allen the, this is a player that we've talked about a bunch in the run-up to the draft and the physical tools are they, they're look they're easy to spot they blow you away my first question is just from a personality standpoint, what's Josh Allen like having been around him?
2: No, it's really cool. So, I mean, Sam I've known a long time. Uh, Kyle Allen, uh, the other quarterback, is a great player. Bucky's been around him. Uh, these are rad dudes. But I've been, I've been around these guys since high school. Really, really, these guys are like my little brothers. You know, Josh I met last year. And, um, you know, and he, 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 it's well documented. You know, he's from a small town, grew up on a farm, amazing family, all that stuff. And about two or three weeks in, you know, we're like, man, he's super cool. He's a nice guy, all that stuff. And I think once he got comfortable, once he realized, oh, yeah, I'm totally good enough to do this. And, you know, I actually, you know, I'm going to go ahead and let my personality out. This dude has become like one of the funniest people I've been around. And and, and I heard that in Indy, too. People really felt that this dude is really funny, really honest, uh, really confident. Uh, it was good for him to go to Mobile. It was good for him to go to Indy and get those interviews. You know, he grew up in a small town, and then he went to a small school. Uh, But you don't feel that when you're around Josh. You know, he's confident in who he is. Um, You know, he gets to the point. He's got a great personality. Uh, This is a guy that uh, every type of player, old, young, no matter where they're from, uh, people are going to gravitate towards this guy.
3: You know, and thinking about that, because he came from small school um, in high school then going to Wyoming, what are the biggest challenges that he will have to kind of overcome as he becomes a top pick in the draft in terms of just being the dude in the locker room
2: yeah i think every young guy I go through an evolution and, and i'm I, I always put this statement out there to those guys and I, I ingrain this in their head it's the idea that if you're good enough you're old enough if i'm talking to a short player you know if you're if you're good enough you're tall enough yeah. <laughs> and so with josh um you know I, watching him go through that evolution out here with us um he, every quarterback is going to do it as well there, there's that question of like I know everybody says I'm awesome. I know I just got drafted at the whatever pick. But at some point, that quarterback has to get to the, the the point in which they understand and actually believe, I'm totally good enough to do this. So hopefully that happens right away with guys, but sometimes it happens later. I mean, We're looking at some young quarterbacks in the NFL right now where, to be honest with you, I think for Jared Goff, I think it happened the second year. No question. The like whole first year.
0: No question. You know,
2: difference between maybe getting benched and going to a Pro Bowl. Now, with the, these guys, you know, I think it's going to happen really, really early. Um, and the bigger the ball you play, Deshaun Watson, two national championships, yeah, it should happen quicker. You just you just beat Bama. You should be real confident, you know. Uh, but we're you know, going from a high school, a small school to JUCO. This dude was in junior college three years ago. To Wyoming, um, I'm going to be pushing the sports psychologist side of me is going to be pushing him to understand that He's good enough now, and so, uh, therefore, he's old enough.
0: What was the checklist uh, for Josh when he showed up to work on?
2: You know, it's been well-documented, like, the improvements. Everybody's talking about it. My name keeps getting thrown in there. Uh, Ironically, we really changed one thing. So he was putting himself, mechanically, he was putting himself in a position a lot in college where he would get up on his toes, and he would bounce, and his feet would come together, which means the next thing you're going to do is get back down all your cleats in the ground and you're gonna overstride. Now, when you overstride, it can lead to a lot of things depending on kind of what your throwing motion is. With Josh, when he would overstride, his body would jerk to the left and his release point, his elbow would drop, his release point would would, would lower on the right side, meaning he's just counterbalancing. So you overstride, you really wanna get your back hip through. That should be the, the, the engine that drives everything and when you overstride, it's hard to do that. It's hard to come all the way over that front foot. So in its simplest form, he was overstriding, that was leading to other issues. So instead of trying to solve the arm angle and get him to throw the ball higher and get him to stop leaning, I played quarterback. Those things, you can put that in my head all day. It's hard to do. Mm-hmm. But by changing the base, widening his base, making it every time he goes up on his toes, I want that to feel terrible. By re, by like kind of re-engineering that. Now he has a really short front stride. He gets over it every time, and literally, and I told you this, Daniel. Like, mm-hmm. when he misses, just look at the over stride. It's just getting really clean. He's very, very comfortable with it. And this dude has so much juice. It's crazy. It's well documented. Um, but now it's just he's just in complete control of it.
0: You mentioned the juice. I got to ask you this. This is my I'm playing conspiracy theorist here. As somebody as a weenie arm quarterback like I was. I always try to cheat my drop, especially it was five. It was a quick five. I got about four yards. I just try and get it up. And then when I watched Josh, especially when I went back and slowed it down, I was like, this dude has so much arm, and he wanted to show it off a little bit. So he slow played the drop a little bit, and he, he, he snaps the ball, so the receiver takes off. It was like count one, count two. Then he began his drop. So when he got to the top of his drop, he could really show it off. Was that a plan, or was that just someone who just has a big arm and just improvising on the fly there?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean we put the whole, we we make sure there's three throws each, right? Yep. And uh and and so even on the pro day, there's there's throws and then there's big boy throws and not not the type the thrower, but like there's routes like yep. a, a slant, a curl. Like I'm not going to show you how strong my arm is on a curl. I want the dude to catch it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there's not that many opportunities for a quarterback to really show things off at the combine, to be honest with you. Um, and so mm-hmm. but on the deep ball, if you do it the way that we, we did it, which is you know just get the first one out there uh pause a little bit on the second one and drive it and then um you know let it loose on the third one same thing on the post corner if you remember Blake Bortles a couple years ago yep really really late on his last post corner drove it on the sideline and Mayock and everybody is like that's a big arm (laughs) just manufactured right
3: you know we've talked about everyone talks about how talented he is like a rare talent arm arm talent physically he can do all the things in terms of running around um How hard is it to get someone to rein that in to kind of play disciplined football? Because the biggest challenge all scouts will have in evaluating him, his inconsistency. How can you get him to be a more disciplined player from the pocket with all the talents and tools that he has?
2: Well, honestly, I think the overstride thing, um, the inconsistencies on accuracy, you know, there's there's two sides of that, not just with Josh, with anybody. There's the quarterback. Is he missing? And then there's the other side of it, Bucky, the, the wide receiver side. And, and and he can't say these things. I've watched every snap. You know, I think one of the things that they had a hard time with is they didn't create a lot of separation. And um, and they had a lot of different route depths. And so you got to wait. And when you got a lot of confidence in your arm talent, you're going to wait and see it open and throw it. And in the NFL, you can't do that, right? In, in my opinion, that's the difference between Cam and where Cam could be if you if you develop more anticipation. There's a couple guys in the league that do that. They want to wait and see it open and rip it in there. Um And that'll be the evolution for Josh, but I think he'll be in a position in the NFL with the route discipline that's there, the trust in the guys, having an ex who always can separate on a couple of routes. Um, I think that inconsistencies are going to narrow down big time based off of his mechanics and what he's been, what he's able to do when he's really consistent with that short front stride. He's just in complete control of it when he does that it's on him now. Um, And then uh, on the other side of it, the receiver's, uh, I think that's he's going to take a big jump when he goes to the league because uh, there's a lot of stuff that's hard to evaluate. You know, He's like Mahomes last year. It's kind of hard to evaluate. There's a couple things that are just unbelievable, and then you want that to be better. So you try and research and figure out why it was it that way. Um, and I just privy to more information than everybody because I'm so involved in this. Um, but I really don't see it being an issue in the, in the future. I think he's going to be a much better pro. Uh, and, and, Bucky, we talked about this last year with Deshaun. You know, he's gonna be a much better pro because he'll have more he's so smart, he'll have more answers at the line of scrimmage than he did at Clemson. I mean I think the same thing out of these two guys.
0: This is the last one from me here, JP. Let's let's go best case scenario. Josh Allen. Best case scenario. We're looking back five years from now. Where where is Josh Allen and, and what what does he look like on an NFL field?
2: You know, it's hard. I, I don't really have a comp for him. Um, I think in the pocket, uh you know, I, I think he has some Roethlisberger, the natural ability to buy time, not in the exact same manner. Because Ben, I mean, I, I played against, you know, I was on the other sideline mm-hmm. four years versus Ben, and every time it was third down, it was like, oh, f- here we go again. I mean, <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna buy it extra time. We're gonna get two dudes on him, and then he's, you know what I mean? He's gonna, he's gonna get the ball out. Uh, Josh has a lot of that, but Josh is a lot faster, and he has the ability to get outside the pocket and create. And so I think he's going to be a guy where he can weather the storm. My, my big thing with these guys is you got to be able to handle the inevitability of success and adversity. And Josh went through a lot of adversity. You know, that whole thing going through high school and JUCO, he told his mom in high school, don't worry, mom, I'm, on, on signing day, don't worry, mom, I'm going to be a first-round pick. I promise you. It's crazy. So he's been through adversity. He's handled that really well. And he's handled the success really well too. You know, he, he doesn't care about any of the media, any of that. Like, he's just locked in and focused right now. He's ready for this. I think in five years, you're going to see a very mature player who can create time and space, which is, the, I think, the, the future of the quarterback position, your ability to do that. Um, and you're going to see a guy who's who's like farvish in terms of like how much his, his teammates love him. They think he's hilarious. Every day is fun. Like my brother, he's going to be the prank guy. I can already call it now. And he's just going to be that guy that the equipment manager loves, the fans love, his teammates love, and those guys usually win a ton of games.
0: I love it. Hey, I know you're busy man. Thank you so much for taking some time. Let's uh, Let's catch up again here before we get to the draft.
2: My pleasure. Thanks guys.
0: Well, Buck, I mean when you when you talk about somebody like Jordan Palmer, he knows what he's talking about and to get a chance to just get his insight just how special he thinks Josh Allen could become, feels like he's diagnosed the problem and been able to work through it and thinks that uh, better days are definitely ahead.
3: He does. He's very, very optimistic on what Josh Allen could be at the next level. He talked about some of the things that they're working on, what the emphasis has been since he's gotten with them. And we have seen those improvements as he's gone throughout the process. And so for Josh Allen to think about where he was at the end of the season to where he has been right now, where we said during the drive process, you have to be encouraged. I think teams are excited about what he could be down the line based on the progress that he's already made to this point.
0: All right, he's part of that team that's helping Josh Allen get ready for the next level. Another member of that team, Ryan Flaherty, who helped train Josh Allen for all the physical testing and has been around a lot, and I mean a lot of great prospects at the position over the last decade. This is our chat with Ryan Flaherty. All right, Buck, I'm excited for our next guest here. We have uh, a big-time dude, and I'm going to get to the credentials here in a second because maybe the most impressive credentials when you look on the whole of anybody we've ever had on the show. Ryan Flaherty has been on with us before, Senior Director of Performance at Nike. Uh, Ryan, first of all, thanks for thanks for joining no, us. No, thanks man. for having me. I really appreciate being here. All right, I'm going to run through this list <laughs> because it's, it's it's impressive. Now, Ryan's been on before, helped us when we we're talking about quarterbacks because he's trained a lot of these guys. And I say a lot of these guys. Here's the numbers: uh, just just 18 of the 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL, Ryan's got his hands on and helped train those guys. You look at the last eight drafts, Buck. Top two quarterbacks each draft, he's had them. So wow. he, he has worked with all the best players in the nation, especially at this quarterback position. We're going to pick his brain a little bit here. Uh, Ryan, first of all, I want to know, just curious how you got into this this field. Yeah,
1: uh, and I just fell into it, actually. Um, I kind of, in between going back uh, to school and trying to figure out what I want to do after my playing career ended, I... Uh, a trainer that I was working with when I was young, um, a track and field coach had said, Hey, you want to come, you know, work with me and train some guys. So I started doing that a little bit just before I was going to go back to either business school or, um, you know, get a real job kind of a thing. Uh, and one thing led to another He and I ended up working with, uh, somehow getting hired on at USA track and field and, um, started doing research for them, sports science for them while I was, uh, getting my master's in, um started learning about speed and how math and you know science kind of plays a role into performance and just fell in love with it and so one thing led to another I started working with you know high school kids and college guys and then um yeah it's funny because the NFL is a very word of mouth you know yes. mm-hmm. place and so I think quickly you know guys start hearing or seeing guys perform really well and they're like oh well where are you at so uh they start they follow each other and and yeah here we are 10 years later so yeah we have a
3: kid like josh allen who is a remarkable (laughs) athlete we rave about him in the scouting community about his athleticism the unbelievable combination of talents that he has what did you see from him when he first walked in your doors i've never seen an arm like
1: this in my life like i've been around a lot of quarterbacks his arm is beyond elite it will be what every arm is measured against uh at his pro day he'll probably throw the ball 90 yards no joke the other day we're on the come on i'm not kidding he'll throw it 90 yards just wait. I, I, I promise you, I'll bet a car on it. <laughs> he he would he will throw the ball 90 yards. He, he, his his physical skills, the way his the way his body kind of releases, you know, energy into the ball is un, unlike I've, anything I've ever seen in my life. Um, and that's against all of the top arms, even Jamarcus. People always talk about Jamarcus's arm and what he did as Brody, this arm. It, it's like people just stand there and watch his deep ball like that's that can't be real. And then I go Were you and- around
0: Jamarcus? Were you around Jamarcus? No,
1: no, but I've seen him throw him person. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I, I've seen his arm, and you know, I, it's it's a, it's an amazing arm. I was around a guy like Logan Thomas back who, oh, yeah. you know, oh, is now yeah. a tight end in the league. But Logan had an a, an incredible arm. Nobody touches Josh Allen's arm. So physically, it's it's like it's second to none. I think that's going to make a lot of people around the league fall in love with him. But the best part is he's he's an awesome kid. Like you know. I I you know like you said earlier I've had the top 2 quarterbacks in the draft the past few years and you can kind of see you know everybody every year they're the, they're the, they're the alpha they're the big you know the big man on campus they're coming into this program they're always like there's always this point of contention when I'm talking to them initially before they come to train with me like wait so you're going to have that guy too with these two kids it was like oh awesome I can't wait to to work with him they love being around each other they push each other every single day there's that competitive nature but like it's 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 a respectful you know competition where they they understand that one team's gonna fall in love with each of them and they're just there to push each other um which I, I i i love that about these guys um so josh is physically gonna blow you away um but also mentally he's really smart and i think you know the offense he comes from is very similar to what the kid i had a couple of years ago, carson wentz they came from the same same head coach same system uh he's gonna be further along on the board than i think people realize um and i think too you know look not to knock anything Josh has been through in his, in his career, but a lot of these other kids had a lot more talent around him at the college level. And I'm not saying that to, be, yeah. to mean to, to, the, to the teams that he comes from, but I've w- I watched three games of his this year where balls were falling off guys' face masks. And, and he was throwing it so hard they could not catch the ball. I've, I've caught for him, and I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Like, I'm <laughs> retired. I don't need this crap anymore. My hands – I need to save my hands. But I, you can, it's just it's, – it's unlike anything I've ever seen physically. I'm excited for him.
0: So, Cam, you, you've been around yep. Cam. How would how would Josh even just as an as maybe as an athlete we talk about the arm strength Josh runs around makes some plays too. Yeah. Look, just three guys. Look at, at Carson Wentz, Cam Newton, and then Josh Allen. Just if you're kind of comparing those three guys athletically, it's a great where, comparison where would actually.
1: Be? Yeah, very similar. So I think I think Josh is uh, a little faster than Carson. Um, not probably probably similar to, to, to Cam. I think they're going to be very similar measurable me- measurables. Josh is very explosive, jump through the roof. He'll be in the mid 30s for his vert. Um, his 40 should be around 4'6 range, which I think will be really good for him. Um, so I, I think he, that's a great comparison. I think those guys are very, very similar. I think Josh is a little bigger than Carson. He's, You know, he's a solid 245. Um, and he's, both these kids are so young that their bodies still have so much more development to go. You know, Carson was 24. Yeah. Right. So I think his, you know, just from a hormone level, all of that stuff, just maturity level, his body was a little further along. Whereas I think Josh and Sam, they, they've in the eight weeks I've had them have developed so much to the point where I'm like, man, in a year from now, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to love to see where these kids are at that point. So they still have a long way to go. And and they're both, you know, physically going to be at the top in, in the league when they would get in there.
0: Thank you so much, man. I appreciate your My time. pleasure, man. Thank you, guys. All appreciate right. it. Appreciate it. So there you go. Ryan Flaherty, I don't know many people know – just how many quarterbacks he had been around that was fascinating to me this guy's been around all the top quarterbacks the top two quarterbacks for that period of time it's ridiculous the amount of guys good mr flaherty has been around
3: yeah he's been around and he's seen how the great ones have done it so when he's able to make these comparisons and contrast where josh allen is to where some of the great ones were during that time and where they are today that's outstanding insight and i think he touched on it like josh allen has a lot of tools he has a lot of things that are very, very intriguing to scouts and teams that is why he's going to be one of the top picks
0: no question some uh, some interesting thoughts there from Ryan. Uh, let's, do, let's get to the man of the hour here. We're going to do a Josh Allen 360. The best person to talk to, Josh Allen. Here's our chat with Josh Allen. Here with Wyoming quarterback Josh Allen, one of the most intriguing quarterbacks in the entire draft class. Going to hear a lot of conversation about this dude as we march forward. First question for me, Josh, is just all the noise that's been out there from you before the season, during the season, and now it picks up again. How are you able to block all that stuff out?
5: You know, playing football is what I love to do. And uh, when I'm on the field and when I'm, you know, doing what I love to do, none of that really matters, and I understand that. I know a lot of people have uh, many mixed emotions about me, and they have a lot to say, but, you know, what I can care less, to be honest. You know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to play uh, football how I know how to play.
3: Well, how you know how to play football is really outstanding in terms of your skill set, the tools that you bring to the table. I was at your bowl game, had the opportunity to watch you play, Came out like a house on fire. You showed everything that people wanted to see. So when you do the self-analysis on what you bring to the table, what does Josh Allen bring to the table as a quarterback?
5: You know, you see the competitive competitiveness that I bring to the game, and that I I like to pride myself over that. I think if you go and ask any of my teammates, what you know the thing that sticks out about me is going to be my uh, competitive nature, and you know that's what I try to preach to the team. Um, you see the arm strength, the mobility, um, the ability to throw on the run, and stuff like that. I understand that. There's some flaws in my game, and there's some things i got to fix, and I'm working on to fix them, but, you know, that's going to take time, and, you know, I definitely don't think I'm the perfect prospect, but I definitely think that paired with the right group of coaches and, uh, you know, training-wise throughout this whole process, you know, things are going to go really well for me. I want to know what Sunday and Monday were like for you this year
0: because i saw you take some monster shots and you just kept keep coming back keep coming back keep coming back and look so a lot of that's in the pocket then some of it is your own when you get out and run mm-hmm. and finishing and runs like you're f- thinking marion butts or something like that old school book right? <laughs> that was Mer- very Mer- old butts. school and he, does very chargers he, doesn't who, he doesn't have, have no idea he has no, I- no, no, idea. Sir. Oh, no so idea he was a good running back for the chargers back in the day no but how did your body feel after games this year
5: um most games were were pretty good there was a few games a few games though that uh, Monday I decided to uh you know talk to the coach and he helped me out of practice but uh you know that that's just part of the game you know this game' is beautifully violent and I keep telling that to people and um, you know with all the discussions going on about player safety and concussions and stuff like that you know you decide to make the choice to play this game for the reason that you do and I love this game you know I'm gonna continue to play this game and um, you know getting hits part of the game so that's why I love it
3: you know you really made a courageous choice like you were injured at the last part of the season you elected to come back and participate in the bowl game what led you to play in that bowl game
5: you know I, th- I felt that i owed that to my teammates i felt that i owed that to my coaching staff um obviously they were the only team to offer me out of junior college and it's something that i wanted to do for them was you know finish my last game on a high note and coming back and playing with my brothers for one more game um you know it, it went spectacular it was you know a a great team win. You know, it was it was something fun to play in. And I said this after the, the game in the interview that I'm not myself when I'm not playing football. So I needed to be back on the field because that's what I love to do.
0: How has this offense prepared you for the next level?
5: You know, it's, it's very similar. I think the terminology is a little different. Uh, the things that we do, the concepts that we run, um killing plays, uh, run check passes and stuff like that, or run pass checks. You know, it's it's something that's going to translate uh, very well. I've talked to Carson Wentz and he ran uh the same offense that we run at Wyoming. And he said the transition that he had was fantastic. You know, it's just a bit of a change in terminology and you know there's a lot more wording in the NFL, but um you know he he handled all that stuff. You know, and I'm not saying with ease, but uh probably better than most other people.
0: Probably would be the MVP if he didn't get hurt this year. in exactly. the second year. Not bad. Yeah.
3: No, I I, I want to go back because I, I I think it's fascinating. You talked about only one offer coming out of JUCO. Talk about the process of ending up at Wyoming. Like just kinda lead us to how you got to this point.
5: Yeah, so high school I was in a small school. You know, it was probably five to six hundred kids in the whole school. Um, just not a lot of visibility for college coaches to get out then recruit our area. I was kind of a late bloomer, probably six, three hundred and eighty five pounds coming out of uh high school as a senior, so you know, I put in put on a good twenty pounds and probably grew about an inch and a half going into my First uh, semester at JUCO, which was which was pretty big, you know. Um, then obviously, it didn't start the first three or four games at my junior college, and you know, at, at sometimes it was just like I, I don't know what's going on, I don't understand why I'm not playing. You know, I stuck to the process, I, I trusted you know what my family was telling me and what my coaches were saying. Um, very patient in the whole process, and got my chance and never looked back. And there was a few teams coming out and talking to me and seeing me. Uh, but yeah. nothing too serious. And Wyoming called and said, "We're going to fly you out and offer you." And you know, it was a done deal in two weeks. All
0: right. All right, I'm going to ch- I'm going to test your memory a little bit. So I called his game this year mm-hmm. against Texas State. Yep. So went down there and we chatted a little bit before the game down there on the field, and then I gave you just a couple things just from watching tape that that I saw. Just if you can remember one thing, do you remember
5: one thing that I told you down the field before the game? Finishing play, uh, finishing runs. There yep. you
0: go, finishes run fix. Run <laughs> yeah. He did. He did. And he did. So I went and saw him after the game. I was like, hey man, nice job out there. He goes, did you see my run fix? Yeah. Uh, QB coach. DJ. Nah, I, I, not I, look, he he doesn't need a QB coach. I just did a little little thing, yeah. and he
3: and he cleaned it up. So to that point, it's funny because I went out. I was at your game early at the bowl game, and so. I have never seen a quarterback put on an exhibition in pregame. You guys were like at the fifty-yard line throwing go balls. We called it, to, scout. to, we called to, it to, scouting crack to, yeah. to, to, to finish it off. Is that how you guys you always kind of put game. on kind of dis- display? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a Wyoming deal. Yeah, it was unbelievable to watch you drop the ball in the bucket fifty yards away to wide receivers streaking down right in front of the pile line. I, I, I just had never seen anybody showing off a little
5: bit, weren't you? Well, no, that's what we do before every every game. After uh, we get our punt formation out, you know the receiver stand at the, the yeah. 40, forty forty five yard line. I drop back and I I chuck that thing up there. I, I you know I think before pregame when we're doing like our single stuff is actually when I actually get my real thrown in. Yeah, and, uh, that's when I kind of push the ball a little further actually. Yeah, because
3: I, I was there. I was like, this dude is like, I mean, does he know?
0: It's easy too. We, have, we talk about easy gas. Just yeah.
3: Boop, boop, boop. I, I just had never seen anyone like you know what I I don't know who's here but I I'm, I'm just let them know it reminded me of being in high school and doing basketball warmups where you want to show everybody that you can dunk but you can't yeah. really dunk so I was like Josh Allen's out here. Kind of Just tap, yeah. tap in the backboard. Oh, right. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. That was a double. Remember, it,
0: <laughs> you, did you in high school hoops? Right, you played yeah. hoops in high school. You know, some of them had the uh, the backboard that was right at the rim where it stopped. And some of them had the glass that yeah. went under. I like the ones below because I get the double tap on the Laid it up. The <laughs> <yeah>. tap it <laughs> on yeah. the way up. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That was my jam. <laughs> absolutely. All right, I want to get into. This is too nice. Let's get to some tough stuff here. Let's hear. So going back through, I went and looked at a cut up of all your third and six plus. Right, mm-hmm. so you kind of eliminate these. Are this is big boy football challenging? So the two things that, that I came away with, they said, okay, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how Josh improves in these two areas. and I want to get your thoughts on them and what your yep, game plan is absolutely. going forward. Uh, one was I thought there were times where you got stuck. So you're working through your progression, you got kind of locked, and you got stuck a couple times. That was one. And the second thing I noticed was, your arm is so big at some point and sometimes I see you you're just getting a little over aggressive at the, at that time. Give me your game plan. What where I am with that, where you are with that and where you go forward.
5: Yeah, so going back to getting stuck on reads and you know, getting into my second and third reading my progression, sometimes I just felt that, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm I'm ready to get hit. And mm-hmm. you know, I I feel like I didn't trust my line enough. Um there're some instances where obviously I saw color and had to flash and get out and uh you know, that was just kind of the result of, you know, um you know, feeling bullets around me. And then it's constantly what I felt going back to high school. That's what I've known. You know, seeing in flashing color, I'm getting out, I'm going to go try to make a play. So that that's one of the emphasis that I tried to make this year was try to stay in the pocket and go through my reads. And, um, you know, there to a certain point, I did that. But when I got to probably number two and three most times, it was like, he's not coming open. And I don't know if I can get to this fourth one. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to hold on to this ball and not force a turnover. Um, yeah, so, and then... Um, what was the second? Just thing you like
0: said? like some hero throws, just where you yep. just saying,
5: okay, I can get it. I I think I can get it. I Yeah, get that one. Yeah, I mean that's just kind of knowing the limitations of playing quarterback and the type of arm that I have. Obviously, it's it's a bigger arm, and you know I, I experienced a lot of you know failure my first year. You know, 17 interceptions. I limited eliminated most of those. I threw six this past season, and that was just me knowing that there's some throws that I can't make. There's some throws that I shouldn't make holding on to the ball, throwing the ball away a lot more this past season is what's kind of helped me out. But obviously continuing uh, to kind of handle that process, um, coming up to the combine and being able to tell everybody about this is um, you know, really what I'm trying to do. So I know you're going to get this, being in this profession, we've both been in it, so we know the question you're going to get.
0: People are going to try and get under your skin, mm-hmm. and the, the question is going to be, Every time you guys stepped up, Nebraska, Oregon, um, what's the other, Iowa. Iowa, So you're going to get that – they're going to see if that that riles you up. They're going to try and get under your skin. What's been your answer so far? I'm sure you've probably – have you already got that already?
5: Um, A few times, yeah. And, uh, you know, I I just understand that sometimes in those those games I felt that I needed to make more plays than I probably uh, should have. And, you know, I I hold myself to a higher standard and I understand that when we step on the field that, you know, this game – is, it's going to be a tough one, and I, I got to go out there and make plays. And sometimes I pressed, um, and I probably shouldn't have, you know. But at the same time, you, you look at the Mountain West teams, you look at Power Five teams, um, I wouldn't say they're all that much different. You know, they, They've got depth in the Power Five, and one guy can go out, and they're going to replace him with somebody that's not going to miss a step. When Mountain West, it could change a team, it could change a, a defense. So, um, you know, it's. I understand that that question's going to come up, and I know the stats don't look good against Power Five teams. Uh, but we played some some pretty good teams, and uh, you know Iowa this year was they were a damn good football team on defense, and they had some really good players, and Josh Jackson and uh, Josie Jewell. That's the best you know defensive player I've ever played against. He was all over the field, and um, they were able to get some pressure on me. And you know when I like I said when when I feel those live bullets coming at me, there's one instinct for me, and that's to get out. And that's what I'm trying to tame in this next process.
3: Let's talk about that quarterback room because you have a bunch of alpha dogs Mm -hmm. in the quarterback room. Everyone is gunning for that top spot. How are you going to handle that internal and external pressure of I'm competing with dudes while we're still in this game to kind of get it done?
5: You know, I'm going to be myself. And I definitely think when I'm on, um, I'm one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. I think I'm the best quarterback in the nation when I'm on. And you know, that's what I've been kind of doing with Jordan Palmer these past uh, few weeks is cleaning up my throwing motion, the mechanics, everything like that. And when I've got a, a good stroke, when I'm when I'm consistent with my stroke, I'm going to consistently throw the ball with accuracy. Uh, so that's what it kind of comes down to. I, everybody knows that I've got, you know, the strong arm. They know I can throw the ball how many, you know, how many ever yards. Um, I think this is the time where, you know, I'm going to take some, take some off of it and try to show people that I can place the ball where I want to place it when it needs to be placed there.
0: Wow, you mentioned Jordan Palmer. You're, now Sam's working out down there too, Correct. right? Sam Darnold. Yes,
5: What's your relationship been like with Sam and, and going
0: through this process with him?
5: It's been great. It, it really has been. And, um, you know, Sam's a great kid. He comes from a great family. And being able to go out there and compete against him and as two is, um, you know, highly regarded as we are, it, there's no tension. And we understand that we both have flaws. We both want to be better. And we both, you know, do things better better than each other, and, uh, you know, we're just trying to raise our levels because ultimately we're not competing against each other right now. We know that and we understand that, you know, somebody's going to go higher than the other, and uh, that's fu- that's all perfectly fine because it's not about going higher. It's going to the right team, and we understand that completely.
0: This is the last thing we wanted to ask you here because we wanted to, let's just do a scenario here. He'll yeah. edit out the, the, the earlier stuff. All right, let's put you in a situation. Game's on the line. You got a chance last drive to go down and win the game play call that you're familiar with a route that you like what ball do you want to throw as the walk-off winner
5: i mean depending on coverage I if we're just, going you whatever, to, whatever you, get you get want to do, do we're going, we're going, man, say whatever it is uh, we're going gun right out 60 combo falcon right yeah, or falcon gun right out 60 combo falcon left i'm throwing that inside fade on the left side
0: it fades from the inside, Buck. We talk about it forever. We do. We do. Taking talk candy from it. a baby.
5: It really is. It's the easiest route. We've got to all throw. that real estate out there. You can put it anywhere you want, and the receiver's looking back at you, and the DB's looking at the receiver. So, it's the toughest route to cover, in my opinion.
0: Buck, I thought it was a very honest uh, interview there with Josh Allen. I think he's he's got a good perspective on where things are.
3: Yeah, I do. I think he has a a, a clear sense of who he is and where he is in this process and what he needs to work on to be the player that many of us project him to be at the next level. And so I'm pulling for him because I think he's kind of figured it out. He's humbled himself enough to get some guys to help him work on some of those deficiencies, and we'll see how it turns out in a couple of years. All
0: right, I want to do something here. I want to give you a phrase that I use all the time and see if you can explain it to people because sometimes you say things. We have our little scouting phrases, right, and I wonder if the folks at home know exactly what we're talking about. With a guy like Josh Allen, I use the phrase a lot. I say he's wired the right way. So for those that are listening to that saying, what what does that
3: mean? Uh, it means he has the right mentality, that he's humble enough to know that he's not an all-star. He's not a hotshot that has it all figured out, and that if he's going to be the guy that many of us think that he can be at the next level, he has to go and find some of the answers to the problems that he's had uh, up until this point. And I think when you talk about his wiring, I found him to be humble enough to know that, oh, okay, I'm not a perfect prospect, but I do have the potential to be really, really good if – I get the right people around me to teach me the right stuff.
0: It's a combination to me, like of, of work ethic, self awareness, and always striving to get better each and every day. I, I think he is wired that way and I think that's a that's something that bodes well for his future. How about a team fit? An ideal team fit for Josh Allen at the next level. Who you got?
3: Well the team that wants him the most I would think would be the Buffalo Bills. And the reason why it would be a good fit up there is because you're talking about I'm talking about him being wired the right way. Sean McDermott Brandon Bean, they're creating a culture in Buffalo where these are blue-collar guys. They have a bunch of blue-collar players on their squad. They're just going to go to work, and they're going to see what happens at the end of the day. Josh Allen strikes me as a guy that can fall in line with that premise. He's not worried about being a superstar. He wants to be a great player. And so put him in that locker room. With those people, they surround him with the right stuff. He could be a guy that could be a long term fixture at the position in Buffalo.
0: Well, I, again, I think this might be a little bit early, but the New York Giants, to me, I keep beating that drum. I think if I'm Josh Allen, that's where I want to go. Uh, there's no rush to get on the field. You get a two time Super Bowl winner in Eli Manning sit behind him, get to soak up the knowledge from him, no pressure to get on the field, continue to work through some things. I think you look at, you know, Pat Mahomes last year was a great example, getting to sit for the whole year. you can go back to Phillip Rivers getting to sit behind Drew Brees. Now everybody talks about Aaron Rodgers sitting behind Favre. There's a long list of guys that have been successful, having an opportunity to sit. I think the Giants would give him the greatest chance to sit for an entire season, if not even more than that. I wouldn't be opposed to him sitting for a year and a half. And then get a chance to take over that team. Also have some nice young weapons there in Odell Beckham Jr. to to, to deal with there. You've got a big-time tight end as well. So they've got some good pieces in place there with the Giants. Absolutely.
3: That's a nice one. I'm going to give you a bonus pick. How about the Arizona Cardinals? The Arizona Ooh. Cardinals, because you talk about having an opportunity to sit and learn. Well, he has two guys that are positioned right in front of him, potentially in Sam Bradford and Mike Glennon. There you can put him in. You can allow him to really work on his craft away from the spotlight. And then in a year or two, maybe he's the franchise
0: guy down in the desert. I like that thinking there. A little uh, Josh Allen down in in the desert. That would have a nice little ring to it. (laughs) All right, that's going to do it for this episode, the Josh Allen 360 episode. Really enjoyed getting a chance to know him better, getting a chance to visit with him, as well as some people around him, Buck. I feel like uh, hopefully the folks at home get a better chance to to understand what Josh Allen is all about and why the hype has been there on this guy for quite some time.
3: Yeah, I think he gave a lot of perspective. Had a lot of people give a lot of perspective on Josh Allen and why he is so exciting to so many
0: of us in the scouting community. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out the rest of our 360 series. We do this... Exact same treatment on several of the top players in this draft class. You get to learn about them both on and off the field. It's one of our favorite things we do here on Move the Sticks. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Be on the lookout for more as well as our regular Move the Sticks content. You can find it at nfl.com slash podcast. You can also find it on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Appreciate you guys listening, and we'll catch you next time.